Hello, residents of Meepletown. This is not Dean. Johnny Glad. Sad. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the games we've been playing lately, doing a review of Tungaroo, and there will be a pre-recorded interview with comedian Grant Lyon about his game, Curmudgeon. Thanks for coming down to Meepletown! All right, residents of Meebletown, if you were here right now, you would see, uh, you wouldn't see Dean. You would see the person who introed this, who identified himself as <laughs> not Dean, not Dean, <laughs> not Dean. Can you tell everyone who you really are? Um, I'm Jonathan. I've done one other video with these guys, actually with not Dean, because Dean keeps getting sick. He should really quit licking um, lampposts. Oh, that's, I saw him doing that the other day. <laughs> I was like, Dean, stop it, dude. Oh man, he just really likes. He's like the, um, you know, an elf. Whenever what's his name's like eating the <laughs> eating the gum and like that's a Dean with with yeah. lamp post. He just licks that he kind just of likes stuff. Likes the taste and, of metal. That's weird, I just don't but... know what the deal is. But so we have Jonathan who regularly beats us in games pretty regularly. If I'm going to use that word again, <laughs> so he has a lot of fun, um, good information to uh, get out about some of these games. Like this guy thinks a lot about them, even more than I do, probably. Probably. Yeah, he really he's an accountant. Right, uh, let him into your life. I don't. An, I don't identify as an accountant. <laughs> I'm good with numbers. And in That's college, they good. were like, "You should be an accountant because you're good with numbers." And I was like, oh, "Okay." And now sure. you make your money doing and then, it. Now that's what I do for a living. But it helps you, like with board games. Like, so you're always that's that's the hard part. We've just played a game, and we'll talk about it later on. But like, he's just always crunching numbers. I don't. I, you know, All I right. like board games, but like this guy doesn't stop crunching the numbers in the game. So this is a perception I get from people. They think that I'm sitting there doing math the whole time I'm playing. But the truth of the matter You're is... You're just so good at math. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's like a backup routine in the back of my head. I'm not sitting there being like, well, 4 plus 3 times 2 is 14. No, yeah. that's not happening. I'm just like, okay, this is worth more than that. And from then on, I can just remember this is worth more than that. And that's what I do. That's what he does. And it usually ends in a victory for him. So... <sighs> Yeah, sure. there you go. There it is. He's the Jonathan that we talk about, you know, beats us in games a lot. But with that being said, let's see if he can win in this game. Probably and that not. is our poll that we're doing. <laughs> Actually, this poll is pretty easy. Okay. Uh, I, you know, Dean's not here. So I thought we would do a softball for those who di don't know. I should actually explain why Dean's not here. Unfortunately, uh, Dean did get COVID and he actually ended up in the ER. So like last week we didn't get to do the episode. Um, because he just, he was not, not feeling well. He knew that he might have COVID. We didn't want to get together. Wasn't even feeling well enough to record this like separate, uh, what do you call that? Ouch. I think I just gave myself a paper cut. <laughs> Dang. This is how tech, tech, technology, oh. technological I am. I think Dean would be making fun of your pieces speech of right paper. Now. I know. Techno That's what I do. Um, to Dean usually, but anyways, we didn't, he didn't fill up to that. So, and he doesn't fill up to that either. So he's still, he's at home and I think he's probably on board game arena right now probably. playing games is what I'm, what we'll I'm going to say. But he didn't, he says he's coughing way too much to do this. And we didn't want to put this off yet another week, but I will do a quick plug. We don't have the night, but we are going to do on our next episode, another Meeple town live. And this one will be our top 10 games of 2020. So you're going to hear our, our top 10 games. And I think maybe Jonathan will join us. That would if be my kind wife of cool. lets me. Okay. If his wife, <laughs> if his wife lets him, Jonathan will join us and we'll do our top 10 from 2020 and our Meeple town collective, you know, top 10 of 2020, which if you follow us, 
you probably got a good idea of what it is because you've heard a lot of our scores. So here is the question for the week. This is right up your alley. Yeah. Out of the following, which is your favorite board game mechanic? Mm. Okay. Mechanism? Yeah. Mechanic? I don't know. <laughs> I call my board game mechanic when my when I get a piece of meeple and the legs uh, off or something. Yeah. So who is your favorite? Okay, mechanism, <laughs> card drafting, dice drafting, deck building, worker placement. So am I? I guess first. You're am guessing. I saying mine or guessing? First, you're first. guessing. Like, who do you, what do you think was the number well, one answer? Well, I'm like ninety percent sure the top two are going to be worker placement and card drafting, um, just because those are so so po- such popular mechanics. I'm going to go with card drafting just because I think Seven Wonders, like... People love that? People love the lighter card drafting games. Um, okay. But yeah, I'm okay. going to say card drafting. It's probably wrong. It's last, actually. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, I was told I need to channel Dean, so all I did there was just try to guess Swung as wrong as possible. That's what happens. That's what we do. That's what, so he's going to Dean a lot of things in this episode just for that. But you were along the right path on your second choice. So worker placement was worker placement dominated. Actually. Yeah. See, that was my first instinct. And I was like, but that's what I like. You didn't know of other people. I, I, like, I get that. Yeah. And I, I didn't mean, want to go with just what I like. Cause know? there's sushi go and all those stuff that a lot of people yeah, play. Yeah. I just assume, but I guess the people listening to your podcast are not really entry necessarily players. Either, no, if so. you listen to a board game podcast, you're probably not right. You're Unless not. you just are in it for our amazing personalities. Yeah. That so, could be the th- case. Th- <laughs> what, what do you think the next one was though? So like, so card drafting's last, I'll go ahead and say that. Worker but, placement. What were the other two? Worker placement. Dice and then the other two was yeah. deck building and dice drafting. Building. You are correct. Yeah. So dice drafting yeah. is just so specific. Yeah, it beat card drafting though. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that is really weird. I mean, personally, I think I like dice drafting better than card drafting. Yeah, too. me too. Um, well, what's your favorite out of all these? Worker placement. Yeah. I. It's hard to beat a good worker placement game. Uh, yeah. In fact, I like a lot of games that have dice drafting and then worker placement. <laughs> no, I'm the same way. I was just thinking the same thing. I was thinking. Yeah. I. I I might have chosen dice. I've played some really good dice drafting games lately, but I think overall, worker well, placement. And when I first got in the hobby, I would have said worker placement, like bar none. Me too. Like I, that would have been because that's kind of like some of the midweight games you first get into when you get into Euro games. A lot of them are worker placement. But I don't know anymore. I think I just like almost every mechanic now. Yeah. Mechanism mechanic. I never know which one to say. Who cares? But um, yeah. But I think worker placement still probably. If you looked at my top, well, no, that's not that's not true. You maybe maybe not maybe it was maybe your not top. maybe I just need to sit and think about this a little longer but yeah um, I I would still say worker placement probably worker placement. anytime I see like a designer I like and worker placement I'm like I, I bought it you're interested yeah I'm with like, you on yeah. that yeah worker placement's good mm. I like me some good worker placement mm-hmm. well of course you like Uve I do I do <laughs> I love him a lot yeah like was not strong enough word yeah he's one of my he's probably my favorite uh, and I'm not sad about that at all <laughs> all right so. With that being said, let's let's talk about you know a couple games, a game or two we've been playing lately. Do you wanna yeah. do you wanna mention something you've been playing? Yeah, um, so I'm gonna mention this one mainly because my wife might listen to this. And oh yeah, you know we played this recently, so I've got to it's plug her good in to, there and be it's like, it's always good to have a happy wife. Wife, I love you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so she she just points. she just actually played Fleet the Dice game with me for the first ah. time because um, she likes Welcome to and games kind of like in that vein um, the lighter side of games that we can just kind of sit down and play in like 20-30 minutes Yeah. and uh, I was like man we should like I, should, I really want to teach you a new game and so I, I showed her a couple and I was like well this one's kind of like Welcome to it's a little more complex it is right um, can you talk about that for a second like how how 
I really want to play this game because I feel like it's it's like it's easily my favorite roll and write. Wow, it's not even close. Is it con- like how? What weight would you give it personally? <sighs> three, three. So it's yeah. like it's where it's like heavy for roll and writes. Yes, it is. I haven't played Roman roll yet, but as far as I know, it's, it's probably the heaviest roll and write um, other than Roman roll. Um, I played Roman roll once, and I don't haven't played enough to give you all my thoughts on it. Yeah, liked it, didn't love it, but I really want to play it more. It's on my shelf of shame. So I mean. Um, and I, I'm not necessarily like we. You've talked about this in the podcast before. Roll and I is not my favorite thing. Like, yeah, me neither. I've only played maybe four total, five total. So you re- wow, that's not um, very many. So you just I just typically skip them. But when I played Fleet the Dice game the first time, I instantly went out and bought it. Um, it's an eight for me. It's wow, just, it's such a good game, and it's because there's so many combos. Like if I'm gonna play a roll, kind of like Gonchon Clever. Um, but I feel like I figured out Gonchon Clever over time, and like I figured out the pattern and what you need to do to get 300 and all that stuff. Um, so that I did. Old. It just took me a really long time. <laughs> well, that app you can play in like three minutes. So I mean, I played so you many can games play of that. so many games of it. Um, I probably played it five hundred times. Yeah, I played a lot. Um, good toilet game. Um, so it's true. In Fleet the Dice game, though, you build up a better, like more of an engine than mm. Gonchon Clever. Like Gonchon Clever is like just combos, and Fleet the Dice game also has a little bit of engine building. I with, like that, and a little bit of player powers. So hmm. just. It's just really, really good. good. Yeah. That's one. That is really one that I want to play a lot. I've been wanting to play that, and I just, I don't. I've never pulled the trigger. How much is that game? You remember? How? I mean, the the one problem with the price on it is that it's EGG, which means you're not going to find a retail. Like yeah. you're going to have to buy it off their web store. I want to say it was twenty nine ninety nine. That's not that bad then. I'm I, looking it up right now, live on the air. Ah. Oh. Because like I remember, there's been a couple times. Yeah, it's twenty nine ninety nine. And Dang then there's it, an expansion for it, which I have not gotten to play yet. So it, it was a little like when when I first showed it to my wife, she was like, "Are you serious?" Because it's two pages. <laughs> so like, you know, most rolling rights are just one page. You get out, I got this out. And I'm like, now you need this page and this page. And she looked at me like, "What have I agreed to?" Okay, well, what were what were her thoughts? Thoughts? What were thoughts? her thoughts on it? Um, I think that she liked it in the end. It did okay. take a few because I mean, you know, anybody who's gotten into this hobby knows that doesn't matter how intelligent of a person you are. You need to like build on the mechanics you've yeah. played before. And so she's not played a lot of engine building games. I think she's, well, Splendor is, I guess. Splendor and yeah. It's a Wonderful World. But, but like after the first maybe three or four turns, because there is some wonky rules with the way, like it is a little segmented, which is something I don't usually love in a game where it's like you do, you do the this fishing and phase that. and you do this phase and you do the town phase. And then, and so yeah. that took a minute for her to get the flow. But, I mean, honestly, once you get the flow, you're almost not even thinking about what phase you're in. You're just like, rolling the dice, you pick a die. You know, yeah. doing the things you do in rolling right. Um, but in the end, I think she liked it. You and think she, she would play it I again? only beat her by two points. So. That's good. I'm a little scared to play her again. Yeah, jeez. Because <laughs> she beats me at It's a Wonderful World. Um, we, we split a lot, but she she's pretty good she's at that She's pretty one. good at that one. So she's a smart girl. So, I mean. That's good. Unlike sometimes other players that you play with. We're right, gonna, John is not make, a smart. Not going to make the mention. Though he does have a cute little man bun. I do. I so. do have a. Yeah, if you've watched our YouTube's our videos, <laughs> uh, I have grown a a man bun again. Um, I had one right before we started doing Meeple Town and shaved it off. And I figure while I have hair, you might as well. I mean, let's just give it a whirl. You know, I'm 37 now. A lot of <laughs> a lot of my friends don't have hair. Or their hair's thinning a lot. So like, hey, uh, I've still got it. So you know. Gotta gotta rock it while you still have it. I think. Yeah, I Maybe. would look ridiculous with a man. Bun. That would be awesome. <laughs> My head is so large. That'd be awesome. <laughs> be this tiny little. You'd have to have a here. huge, long, 
serious. Well, Mine's pretty small. And right mine now. froze out a little bit, so it would be like a fro where it like poofs at you the end. You should do a fro. <laughs> oh, jeez. You just do it. Just I'm do not going to show you my high school pictures. You did have one. No, but my hair flipped out under the beanie. You know that whole stage. Oh, that was cool was, though. That was cool back then. Yeah, you know, it was cute. Oh, yeah, there you go. It was real cute. All right, so a game that I've been playing lately is one that Jonathan has also played lately. So I figured I would bring this up. I. If we would have had more plays, I would have almost wanted to, you know, review this one full on because I did enjoy it. That is Merv, the Heart of the Silk Road. So this is a Fabio Lopiano, Lopiano. Dang it, I should have pulled it up. My apologies, uh, Fabio. But in this game, your merchants on the Silk, silk, silk Road. Man, I am really being tongue-tied today. <laughs> I'm just flustered having Jonathan here. Yeah, I'm just, you know, he keeps looking in my eyes. I do. And I'm just, uh, man. So there's, some, there's something magical that's happening right now. <laughs> Y'all missed the wink that he just gave me. Uh, but in this game, it's interesting. In the middle of the board, there's uh, these building tiles. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be placing your meeple somewhere along the top, you know, the north, south, east, or west, depending on what round it is. And you're actually going to go around the square, basically, placing your meeples. And as you put them there, you're going to get cubes, but you're also going to get cubes for other ones that you have in that row. Or if you select your opponents, you can get some some for that they have. So it's definitely engine building that you're going around the square of that's building engine. But then you also have different kind of tracks and stuff you're going up. Um, you're trading and doing some set collection with and some of the cards. The one you pick is also an action. Yeah, that's yeah, right. The building you pick gives you both a cube and an action. Yeah, it does. That's a good point. Yep. So as, as you get the cube, then you get that action. So you have those interesting decisions because you might like really want to do an action where you don't have a thing, but whenever you use an opponent's, then they get a reward for that mm-hmm. as well. So that was kind of interesting. What's the track on the left side of the board called? I can't remember. Honestly, I never used that one. So. You didn't. <laughs> Emperors, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what it's called. Honestly, the symbols in this game, like I don't even remember what. I, I, it's like, been a little while since you played this too. Hasn't no, it? it's not. It's not that. It's just that I don't tend to remember the vernacular of every game because it's just too much. Like I don't either. Dean keeps me straight on that. Okay. So if you and I had a podcast, like it, <laughs> Dean's always like, "What's that track?" He's always it's like, when we record videos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is that cute? blue cube? <laughs> yes. you know. But he's always the one to be like, "All right, before we do the podcast or the video, remember to call oh, this man. and this and this," which so, is good. I'm glad he does because I don't. When he, I'm, I'm going to aside here. I know this is normally the John territory to just completely go off in left field. But just when go. Dean first taught us Lords of Waterdeep, this was when I was first getting the hobby because Dean was kind of one of the ambassadors for me to get into the hobby. That's good. Um. He got so frustrated because me and my brother-in-law would call him the the instead of like warrior and priest or what we call them black dudes and purple dudes. He went so far as to go out and buy the shaped meeples for Lords of Waterdeep, and we still called them black dudes and purple dudes. We 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 refused to use the names. Yeah, like I just I was like the resources. I don't like what is this kind of morbid now because we're just sending people off on missions to die. Like they're not coming back. You're spending them. So before they were just cute little cubes and resources, but now you're. Now you're actually tying names to them yeah. and, and all that stuff. But Dean does. I, f- I forget about that. He does get really uptight about the he likes that. the correct names of things. Yeah. So I liked Merv. Yeah. Um, I thought, like, so Ragusa, I enjoy Ragusa, and I've had a lot of conversations with people who that was hit or miss for them. I like, I'll just mention this, like, uh, even though we're talking about Merv, but let me throw a little Ragusa in there. I like how it's pretty quick, pretty fast. 
easy to fairly easy to teach. It's kind of weird the way you place your building and you look at the different hexes and right. like some people get a little confused. But I played it with my wife again the other night, Ragusa, and she was like, "What is that?" And like I had to tell her like three times to explain it to her. But after you get past that, it's a game that's all about like going to the right thing at the right time, and you kind of build this little engine. And you, there's similarities to that here for sure. Because in yeah. Merv, it's like. You know, you, you can't just go all over the board and do everything. No, you, you, I mean, you will lose. I think there was two full things I did not even do. I wow. did not do that track on the left where you get the bonus cubes, and I didn't do the one on the bottom right, which is, oh man, I really should have prepared to talk about this one. <laughs> That's all right. Hey, I'm the, the one, one, I'm, so when we do what we've been playing lately, it's my choice. So I picked, yeah, Murph, yeah, so yeah. you, I didn't tell you to prepare for this. The, it's the one where like you get the scripts or whatever. Yeah. And you use those. I didn't do that once. Really? Not one time. And the funny thing is, when I was reading through the rules on this, I remember thinking, I want to do the track on the left, and I want to do the little... And then you ended and up I, doing Those the were the opposite. ones I didn't touch. Yeah. But it was because I was the second player to start the game, and the guy I was playing with went for those first. And I was like, like standard rule in a Euro game, do the thing your opponent's not doing. Because if you're competing you for them, they're probably... Especially if they go before you, they're probably getting the cream of that thing. Yeah. Who did? How many players did you play this with? Two. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and and honestly, I hate games that use like really different rules for two players. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would just almost always rather play a two player specific game. Yeah. Um, instead of that, but this one wasn't bad. No, it wasn't. Um, as far as like the like, what do you call them? Like bot players, basically that you would have to use in a game or Automa. Because um, really, all it did was the person who was in first on the track would choose where it goes. Yeah. And so there is some, that actually kind of had an extra interesting decision. Like it was, he went first the whole game, and so he was controlling that stupid really thing because he. I didn't think about it when the game first started. He took the spaces that were on the first slot every time of each of the things the first time around, so that he could so that he could build his engine on those first places and control. I still won the game, but <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. Then you can't win by that strategy. But he actually should have won, and on the very last round, because I've only played this the one time, the very last round he could have blocked me from something and didn't notice it. Yeah, and I scored like. 30 points off the last oh my gosh because i i got to do the camel action and i already had a ton of them and i just like bought like four of them and just you know sounds like the end of the tungaru game that we just played (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like this sounds like what i do at the end of most games yeah i know dang it yeah it's overall though i liked it like i was i was i'm happy with it um i've played it twice now so i would like i will do a full-on review after i play it a couple more times but it's it's not like wow this game was so amazing yeah. I just love it and the art's also beautiful Eno Tool yeah. Osprey Games Anything does a good Eno, job Eno Tool does so I love the art I thought but I thought it was really solid um I, you know I'm probably you know hovering around the eight you know out of ten ish yeah. it could go up a little could go down a little bit but I'm I'm around in that area I did enjoy that uh, it was it was a good game well and we had kind of talked about maybe doing this as the review and playing it some but I, I told John I, I'm like I'm not. I'm not comfortable rating this one because I feel like it would be such a better three and four player experience. Yeah. Like it was good at two, don't get me wrong, but the interplay of the action selection mechanic at four would probably just be so really good. tense. Yeah. Um, and yeah. there's only twelve actions in the game. Yeah. But like that blows my mind with games like that. What some? What, there's some other game that I love that's like that where you get like twelve or ten actions and you're like, there's no way I can do all this stuff. And then you're like, wow. I oh, it's Grand Austria Hotel. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, wait, seven rounds, two dice. That's 14 actions. Yeah. And See, these are things that I don't think about when I'm playing games. I'm like, let's just play the game. And Jonathan's like, how many turns am I going to have? And he's like, <laughs> how can I maximize? <laughs> I'm like, oh, the game's over? Oh, I guess I lost. <laughs> Dang it. 
Yeah, th- I get this reputation, but honestly, it's because we don't play games multiple times, and I feel like I just have an advantage the first time we play. Yeah, that's probably because true. Because I'm better at picking up the things, and then everybody catches up after that, and then it's it's an even fight. But we play so many games once, and then just toss them back on a shelf. Remember that, remember that golden day? Where you beat me in every game? And, and, yeah. and, uh, and yes, D- I, I think. And that was and that was some like that was like Tekenu, Biblios, uh, yeah. Quill and Parchment, and Smartphone. Yeah, yeah, we played and all I, of those. I came in last in every game. It wasn't just that you. It was the best. You day won of my two life. of them, and Dean won one, and I came in last yeah. in all three. Some people say that the birth of your children was the best game <laughs> you had in your life. That was. I left. I'm not. I left the office radiating. I was on cloud nine. I'm like, we played. I had played smartphone though, so that was kind of unfair. But and I hadn't played. played to, I hadn't played and, and Biblios. Dean won smartphone, and I came in second. But I hadn't played uh, Tekinu either, and that was one where we just kind of did. And I was like, I beat Jonathan at a smart Euro the first time we played a game. Yeah, there's a first for everything. Yeah, I think I rated that a six. <laughs> <laughs> no, did kidding. you like that game? I did. I did. Um, I need to play it some more. It's kind of. I feel like I feel this way about all of his games because Teo Tawakin was the same way Yeah, that you're going to like it after more plays. I think so. Um, because the system is not what I love. It's the intricate intricacies in the game within um, it. Yeah. yeah. And you're just not going to see those in the first play. Cause I remember it's been a while now, but when we first played to I was like, man, I would have done this a hundred percent different. Like yeah. I would have gone heavy after this thing and not that thing. And I remember specifically whatever's in the, Uh-oh. whatever's in the top right of the board. That little tr- that little area, the temple complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played that so bad. Like, I remember so you saying bad. that in the game. Um, I don't remember what I did now because it's been too long. So yeah. I do it again. But I remember thinking at the end, well, that was just dumb. Like just yeah, dumb. Well, I soloed that this weekend because I'm prepping for the best of 2020. And oh, I, yeah. I'll say this: I gave it a nine out of ten. I might actually that might have been a little heavy handed. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I was a little little I, I love I really like the game. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of like moving the dice around and like, got to remember this and got to remember that. Like I had to keep going back to the rule book. Like yeah, yeah. The, the, the scoring at the end of each round, like why does there, I don't know why they didn't have a cheat sheet on that, you know, a player yeah. aid for, oh, yeah. okay, you do this that way. I can look at I it all the time. Every game. Doesn't it's, do I don't that. either. And I, and I remember like, and you do that. It do, it is fiddly in the sense of you just got to, every time you shut, you shift the obelisk around, then everything mm. changes. You got to roll dice. Yeah. And so like I was playing it going, man, I wish this was just a little less of that would have made, but then it leads to interesting decisions, but I just kind of went, I still really like it. It'll be in my top 10. That'll be a spoiler of games from 2020, but I don't, I, I might've given it slightly too. I'd give it an eight and a half now, probably, yeah. but still good. Still a good game. Yep. All right. Well, you think we should uh, go ahead and do our, do our full on review? Yeah. Let's do it. I'm ready to go. All right, Jonathan. So, talk to us about Tangaru. How do you play the game? All righty, Tangaru is a Euro game. Go All figure. Right, that's check. <laughs> it is by Louis and Stefan Malls. They are, um, I guess, a father and son team, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Hey, before we talk about the game, let's just let's just hit that for one second. I mean, how cool would that be to design games with one of your son or your daughter? That would be so awesome. First like, off, it would just be awesome if my daughter liked board games. So <laughs> I will take that. But designing them with them, that that would be that would be awesome. My kids are not full on board gamers, but they do enjoy a game. Like they, they're young. The, they yeah, the two oldest have like a game or two they love and they will play all the time. But they don't generally like me to introduce new games. They're like, ugh, I just want to play, you know, Quacks of Quedlinburg or whatever it is. So, anyways, go ahead. How do you play this game? 
Um, oh, and we also need to mention that the art is by Andrew Bosley. Oh, ah, yeah, there you go. Fanboys. Ever know there's fans. a lot of those out there. Dean is a huge <laughs> fan. I know Dean's missing talking about Andrew Bosley's art. That's crazy. Uh-huh. Um, so in this game, it's not really, I guess it is dice placement. It's just a weird, like, I don't even know how I would describe the mechanics of this game. I guess it is work. It's like a, dice, it's a bunch of different mechanics kind of all yeah, so, together. Um, in this game, you're going to have character cards. So you have a hand of five cards, one through five. And each one of these is going to have like an ability you're going to get for sure when you play it. And then a secondary ability that you might get if you do specific things in the round. And yeah. then a third thing that you might get that is a dice placement spot specific to that if character. If you have card. that dice, that number. If you have that number and if you have that card. Well, the first thing you do in the round is you figure out, figure out what number everybody has. So the first player rolls and then everybody else matches dice. So you don't have the randomness of... Well, your dice are better than mine. You just have the randomness of every like which dice are going to come out in that round. Yeah. So if Jonathan rolls six, five, and three, everyone does six, five, and three. Right. Um, so then the second thing you do is you play these cards. And so the cool thing about these cards is one, they give you abilities, but two, at the end of the round, you're going to pass this clockwise, your card clockwise around the table. And so in a two-player game, it's not nearly as exciting. Yeah. Um, but in like three and four-player game, you're gonna you could give up a card and not get it back for rounds yeah. if nobody else uses one of them. So you really have to kind of think ahead on what cards you're using and when you got to use it. And the timing of that is really interesting. Um, then the third part of the game is just going to be where you're actually placing those dice on the board. The reason I struggle to call this a dice placement, and it is a dice placement. I shouldn't be that hard on it. But when I think worker placement, I think games where you are blocking off a spot. And you're it, kind of, but probably not. Yeah, well, and maybe it, we haven't played this at four. Yeah. So maybe at four players, it's a little more intense on that. But the two-player game, there's three spots on each island. And you all have th- – you start with three dice. It's possible to get another one. Yeah. So, I mean, there there was very – I think maybe, maybe once, once that in we the both, whole game where I yeah. felt like you blocked a spot. Now, you did take things that I wanted. Yeah. Or, you know, you might move something out of where I was. Um, but the thing is on this game, that you've got a bunch of different islands. And on each island, there's three things. There's a um, person that you can get. This is where Dean would come in handy. What are they called? They are nomads. 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 They are there nomads. Um, then there is a trading spot where you're trading one resource for another. There are four resources. And then there's a third spot where you can use a die, a specific number dice, like one to three or four, five, and six, whatever the spot says, for a resource. Yeah. So that's harvesting. You're gaining a resource. Um I think I actually heard your mustache rattle whenever you did that. <laughs> when I wiped the sweat off my mustache, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. I don't know if yeah, I don't know if Meeple Town heard that, but there was a little uh, <laughs> there was a little mustache brush right then. It is not. I, yeah. Okay. I don't and have I, just a mustache though. It's like the full beard. So you don't want to be one of those guys. No, I'm not going to be one of those guys. Some there's a few guys that can rock a mustache. There is a very few guys. Very few. I, I I've shaved that all off before to show my wife, and she just laughs hysterically because I look a little bit well. Yeah. Family it's friendly not podcast. Good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I do not look good with just a mustache. I just um, wanted to throw you off and see if you can get back on your game. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't. So um, <laughs> Episode over. Thanks for coming down to me. Bye. <laughs> um, so when you're placing the dice on these spots, the, the main thing that you're trying to do in this game really and truly is recruit these nomads. Yeah. There's really only two main ways to score points. So the first one is when you get these nomads, you have a spot for four of them on your player board that you can hold after you unlock two of the spots. Yeah. You have four. And each of them has a power. And so 
sometimes the power is give a pearl for 10 points. Yeah. So you'd have to spend a die of a certain number and then spend the resource and then you get the points. The only other way to score points in this game is every nomad you recruit is going to score for you at the end mm-hmm. for specific things you do on the board. So technically you're scoring for doing things like placing monuments, doing other things, but your score uh, for end. those things is 100% dependent on also getting the nomads to score those things which is a lot like Concordia. I was just going to say that. It's so, exactly like Concordia. Instead of cards, they're tiles. But, I mean, they're not going to be actions. Well, they're powers for you, though. So they basically took the Concordia formula. Instead of doing those things as your actions, they did them as your Kind of like, like I mentioned, like Stone Age as well. You can kind of yeah. build, like, engine towards the end game with all those. Yeah. Um, so that, that's pretty much it. The only other thing we didn't really touch on is there's a boat, and you can move it around, and the it's, boat is going to, like... You can only go in the places your boat is between. Yeah, basically. Yeah, you have you, there's two islands or whatever always touching your right. boat, and you can only do that. So there's a little bit of pick up and deliver. You know, I didn't feel like that. I heard Rado say, feel like yeah, he said deliver. that he didn't he doesn't like pick up and deliver games, and that was kind of a knock on it. But I was like, when I was playing it, I mean, because you I might guess get you're a resource, the resources yeah. to get the nomads, but I mean, yeah. it doesn't feel that way. No, and you have like cards, like he mentioned the cards. So let's get into our thoughts about it. Like, there's a, a trader card which mm-hmm. you can actually trade across you know, the island or whatever across any of the islands. So like, I get what he would say. Like if you got a shell in the bottom left corner and you really needed, you might have to go to the middle of the board to use it, to get the no band that you right. want. But then you have trader cards and stuff that you could just use your trader card and trade for, you know, and trade. Well, and you have the workers that. that you get to leave on certain places that yeah. you get to use as actions. And you might, you could play a worker that got you the shell that you needed. Yeah. And so you don't, yeah. I, I, I did feel like I moved around a decent amount. Like, yeah, I mean, almost every round. Yeah, like a lot of, so there was, I liked that about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I couldn't just stay in one spot and just do my own thing. But, um, but I didn't, I didn't get like a really high, big pickup and deliver feel mm-hmm. to the game. No, it definitely felt more just like a worker placement with dice. I mean, yeah. A very loose one. Yeah. So if you're, if you're the type of person who likes not mean games, yeah. this might be your, at least with two players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the three player, so there's one side that's two and three player and the other side's four and five. I've got to be honest. I didn't even flip the board over. Yeah. So I mean, I, this might work as a five player game. I don't, I don't love big player count games. I don't love five players. I love four player games, but I don't love five player games because typically takes five forever. player just feels like it's tacked on and it just adds 20 or 30 minutes to the game. Yeah. But this one's fast enough that if you had five people who knew how to play, it might right. work. Hey, so you know what I just realized? I realize that you have two guys here that really care about the mechanics or mechanisms. <laughs> we didn't talk about art and components. And Dean's probably screaming at the radio going, the first thing you have to do <laughs> is you have to discuss the art and the components. And we're like, I don't care what it looks like. I don't really care about it. I mean, we care about uh, the components and stuff. I probably care more than John does. You do. You do. Because you like minis and you you paint, right? Uh, I did before my daughter was born. Ain't, ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, I understand, <laughs> so I understand that. I, I had a fishing boat before I had kids. So <laughs> yeah. Things don't got that up. anymore. So what did you think about the, the art and components for the game? It's good. I mean, it's Andrew yeah. Bosley art. So the art's pretty. I mean, it's it's got that island feel. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, honestly, I don't know what island chain this is. It would say somewhere in... It probably has it in the rule book. Probably. And Dean probably would know it. Yeah, probably, but I don't read that stuff. I don't do flavor Unfortunately. text. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, For me, I don't either. Yeah. Sometimes. Um, and I honestly if don't. If it's historical, I am interested. Okay. Like, for instance, <laughs> when I play Wingspan, I look and see where the birds are from. Yeah. I like that stuff, but not, yeah, anyway. Um, but you like it overall. I did. The art's good. Yeah, I thought the art. It's cartoony, the art. so you have to like cartoony art, but the board itself is pretty. Like, it's just, it just, 
anytime you got that blue waters and the green tree, I mean, it just looks natural. The boats pretty. are nice. Yeah, yeah. Here's a question, though. I thought about this on the way over here with the cartoony art. Yeah. Now, like for you and I, would you have rather had more of like a classic Euro? Would that have roped you into the game more, like made it more serious? Does the cartoony kind of make you feel like it's a, you know what I mean? Like, no, no. Okay. I actually, I thought that in the game, like I actually think that the cartoony art a little bit in the, in certain games, I really like cartoony art, Yeah, yeah. but for this, I just asked myself, cause I was thinking of Valparaiso, a game that Louis and Stefan Malls did. And like, I love the art in that it was, but it was more like a classic Euro style and I wondered to myself, like, oh, you know, I think if it was like that, I would have wanted to play it more. Hmm. Even though Andrew's art's beautiful and it's really good, but I think it would have been like, I would be like, yeah, classic Euro. But that's totally me, and there's people who will not agree with that at all. So, I, like, this is an interesting game from that perspective, just because I went back and forth. Like, sometimes when a Kickstarter comes out, yeah, sometimes I know before it comes out, I'm going to back this. Like when I heard about the new Palace of Mad King Ludwig, Castles of Mad King like Ludwig, I was even, like, I was like, no sign me up for an alert. I don't even care how much. It, I mean, you know, if it had been a ton of money, I wouldn't have. But I, like, I didn't get the colossal thing because that's silly. But, but I knew I was going to do it beforehand. This well, one when here's it came the thing. out. If you don't know Jonathan, though, sorry to interrupt you. Jonathan is an accountant, and his wife is a pharmacist. So hi, Aaron, if you're listening. <laughs> so you know. Money is not as a big a deal to someone right. like Jonathan than it is someone like you. You have not seen the size of our student debt. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, that's um, true. That is, oh, whew, I bet that's not it, good. It was not pleasant. Yikes. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, our student debt, her student debt. <laughs> <laughs> She's she went to a, She right went now. to a name brand school, so, Oof. you know. That'll hurt you right Belmont there. was uh, oh, not yikes. cheap. Yeah, 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 yeah. For grad school, you know, that's not cheap. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's funny because... If you look at my collection, you'll see um, deluxe Kickstarter games and then things I got for bargain bin prices. Yeah. Like that, that tends to be how I do things. Like I either will back it when it's early or I will wait until it's cheap. Those tend to be the two ways I acquire games. Um, with yeah. this one, I was back and forth because I love dice placement. Like yeah. we talked about that earlier. It's it's becoming one of my favorite things. But I mean, it's it's worker placement dice. So yeah. Um, but I did not like Dice Hospital. Yeah, you said that. And this is Alley Cat Games. They did Dice Hospital. I get why people like Dice Hospital. And to be fair to that game, they've had so much content since I played just like the base, bare it bones be version. Much better. It may be one of those because they do this sometimes with designs. Publishers do where they distill it too far down for me, um, where I feel like every decision is so blatantly obvious that I'm just it's not whatever. Um, it does not keep me entertained. But maybe they expanded it back out to where the designer's original vision was. I don't know. I probably will never play it again because there's too many good games for me to go back yep. and visit something like that. Did you that. get that one? I did not, thankfully. Okay. I played that one at a convention right before COVID. Oh, you yeah. Know? So that. I remember that convention. No, 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 no. Not that oh, one. Before that. Oh, the, another one. The Huntsville one, uh, Rocket City. I got you. Great convention. Yeah. Great. If, you, if you're in the South and you like a small convention, um, probably like three or 400 people. It was great, though. They have one of the best libraries um, for a small convention, I could imagine. Like... All kinds of out-of-print stuff, all kinds of great things. This so. is how Jonathan conventions. Jonathan has a spreadsheet. Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan already knows every single person. Like he'll, he'll send us a message like a week or so in advance and yeah. say, we're playing these games. Just tell me what games you're interested okay, in playing. Okay, so... That sounds really nerdy. I know, I know, I know that we need to get back into this game. I'm but, gonna, <laughs> but you know, it's intriguing to get to know people, and so I want them to get to know you a little bit as we continue yeah. to talk about Tangaru. Um, yeah. So when I go to conventions, my time is precious to me. 
uh, I don't know if anybody does the Enneagram thing out there, but I'm a five, which means that I... I have no clue what that means. What does it mean? So they're... they're, they're oh, I know what thing. an Enneagram is. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. Never it's did. a whole personality thing. So a five is somebody who's like... My... It's like your greatest fear is... Um, we're really getting deep with you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. You um, didn't know that you would talk about something. your great, So like fears. that's that's like my Enneagram is like... And granted, I don't 100% believe this stuff either, but... You know, it, it does. Understand. When I read the Enneagram Five, I was like, it "Oh my sense. God, I have that." So, <laughs> so you like, don't you don't like getting thrown into a situation where you don't know what's going to yes. happen. Yes, I I like to be prepared. That is my that's what my Enneagram thing is. And we value people who are Enneagram Fives value their time above everything else. And so, if I choose to spend my time on you, that means I care about you or wow. the thing I'm doing. Like, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, when I'm going to these conventions, it's like. It's like, this is a weekend where I don't have any expectations on me. I don't have any. You don't get this very often. Right. When you have kids and family and all this other stuff, it's like you're a weekend away. And because I don't have anybody else I have to think about but me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like, I want to see the people I want to see, play the games I want to play. And so there's certain people that we don't get to see all the time. I yeah. only see them at Tennessee game days. Yeah. So like if Amy, I think Amy listens to the podcast. I don't know. I, I saw her message in y'all. If she does, it. that would be awesome. Um, Amy. Yeah, so she lives like an hour and a half away from us, which is just a little too far. And of course, COVID happened. Yeah. Um, but so you want to spend time with her? But one day during Tennessee game days, we play because she loves the games I play. Like I, the first time I ever played Underwater Cities with her was with her. The oh, first time I played Brass game. Birmingham was with oh, her. Oh, like, another great game. Like we just play the La Havre. The first oh time I played gosh. that. Like Here we every go. time we get together, we set aside a day because what we do is we come in and if anybody's going to play with us, they have to know the rules before they show up. So we get a whole day of heavy games where nobody gets taught a thing. You just jump in. And you just jump in, and it's miraculous. You love it, huh? I mean, because I, I enjoy teaching games. I enjoy doing that stuff. I enjoy spreading the hobby, but that day is for me, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, and her, whatever. But, <laughs> but that day is for me. And so that's what he's talking that's about. Right like, like I, I, I invite other people, but I'm like, if you're going to play with us. Let us know. You've, you've got to know it coming in. I'm not going to teach. And see, I'm the, so Dean and I, I'm, I'm a little bit the opposite, but this has to go with our introvert and extrovert-ish. Yes. I'm not a full-on extrovert for sure. Like I'm actually in the middle where I Most get energy people from people, yeah. but I also get drained. Like at the end of that of the conferences, I'm drained. I'm like, I don't want to be around anyone else. I love mm-hmm. you guys, you gals, everyone that we played with. I just want to go home and just chill. But you know, I go and I I do want to get to know new people and get to know new games. So I, I'm worried that if I book up then that one new game that just shows up on the table that right, I really right, want to right. play. So like, I want to do both and that's what happens. Well, we usually sign up for a couple of Jonathan yeah, slots right. and we just frolic around me and Dean and spread Meeple town cheer. And I've loved that too, because two or three years ago before y'all were doing the podcast, I guess it was three years ago. Now we met a couple guys that I still play games with and at it was the, at the con. Yeah. Yeah. It was because we happened to play fury of Dracula, which sucks so bad. Um, never, never <laughs> I, played it. I hate that you would hate that game. Okay. It's a four-hour social deduction game. Interesting. I'm not even joking about the four hours. It was long. But afterwards, I was drained. Because the weird thing he mentioned, I'm an introvert. I'm yeah. There's no extrovert in me. I love people. I love people. But they make me so tired. Yeah. However, for whatever reason, and this is one of the reasons why this hobby is great for me, when I'm playing board games, that disappears. You're energized. It's, it's like the thing that's making me focus is tuning out the people which is amazing too considering there's like a thousand people in this room and granted i don't particularly love being in a room with a thousand people at all yeah um but after that game i was drained because i hated the game and we've been around people and then they were like let's go just play like he's like i've got another buddy named jonathan he he lives in nashville so uh shout out to jonathan if he won't listen to this there you go idea um 
but he was like, let's, I've got this game called Chinatown that, and you like that, that, and I was like, I just played a crappy game and now you're going to have me playing a game. that's just for trading. No Euro, no nothing. It's just, it's trading. That's all it is. And man, we had a blast. You loved it. You heard you liked that game. Like I never, like I would have never thought I would have liked just a pure trade because there's luck involved, but there's just negotiation and we just had a blast. It was me and Dean and Jonathan and. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, and then afterwards we played Strike, which is just a silly little dexterity game. But because I was already in that mode of like silly time kind of thing, it was like it re-energized me for the rest of the night. Wow. Um, So I I get your point. Like meeting new people is great, but at the same time, one of those days. But you have a different personality, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Since Sorry, Dean isn't no no since Dean side. isn't here <laughs> we don't you know, have pull we have no one to pull us back in <laughs> except for I will now but I thought it was worth a five minute side just for you to get into you know Jonathan's head get to know him a little bit so Jonathan tell me some things you like about Tungaru like what are some of the things that you really like ah oh, that's really cool in game scoring <laughs> yeah that's true he, he, okay so he does play in this I won't sidetrack for a long time but Jonathan is the master of you thinking that you're going to win and then he beats you by 50 points because he has, he really focuses on in-game scoring. In, yeah. In actually games. people in my game group call me in-game Jonathan. There you go. In-game Jonathan. Like. So if so you, ever, you like that about the game. I do. I do. I like, I like the planning aspect of it in that regard. Um, and honestly, that's one of the biggest competitions in this game is competing over the nomads. Where yeah. The scoring comes from. So you really have to balance. Do I want the production from the card or from not the card from the tile? Do I want the production from the tile or do I want the game scoring? I love that. That's what I love about Concordia. That's yeah. why Concordia, I mean, we share that. Really it's like not that. my number one, but yeah. I mean, you know. Top, it wasn't mine this last year. Top 20, top 25 yeah. games, um, which at that point, who cares? They're it's really amazing. high. Yeah. Um, that's what I love about that game. It's like the agony of, I need this action, but that scoring is so much better for me. I know. And it's like, I. <sighs> yeah. And that, I'm the same way. And that that's what I did wrong in our game was like I started off by building a really good engine of mm-hmm. in-game scoring. And then in, I should have been stealing nomads from Jonathan. Yep. And so like, and, and then some, so like I had like all the points I could get for this, for the flat. So there's just like flower things and it's kind of a set collection mm-hmm. type thing. And I collected them all. And then I just started kind of heading in another direction. And what I should have done instead was said, you know what, let me just spend some time blocking. Yeah. Cause taking he, the nomads. Yeah, and he whipped it. me because he ended up, there's two things that you got almost all of them. Yeah, I think I did get all. Yeah, of them. and like I didn't, I should have at least taken one or two of them so from you. So what he's talking about is one of the scorings is you can get these guys where they have extra storage for your resources. So there's limited space to store your resources, but when these guys are played out in front of you, they have room to hold two more. Yeah. But one of the scorings is either four or five times, however many of those people you got. Yeah. So he let me get three of those people, and then it was eighteen times that. So it was forty-eight points just from those little oh tiles. My gosh. And. That's exactly how much I won by was forty. It was ridiculous. Points. So <laughs> it was so stupid. Um, but yeah, there was a couple at the end there that you could have cost me probably thirty of those. I mean, I may would have still won, but you could have definitely hurt you, hurt me a lot. Yeah, I yeah. missed play the end. But I mean, that was. But I like that about the game. I'm trying to think through. Like, I do like how you have to move the ship around and like kind of plan, um, plan that part of it. The, the dice placement is 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 cool. But for me, I like the in game scoring and I like the cards. The, yeah, the, yeah, the leader, yeah. whatever those are called. Yeah. Those are really interesting decisions because there's really powerful bonuses they give mm-hmm. you. Like, for example, the chief can allow you to swap two nomads. So, yep. like, even you don't, wow, I really like that one in the corner over there. I don't want to have to, because whenever you move your ship, you can move, I don't want to go into too much detail, but you can move over a couple of these dotted lines and pay a fish to go over another one. I don't really want to waste my fish to go over there, but plus, I really want to stay in the spot because I like. 
and Jonathan's over there next to that nomad. Yeah. And I pull that nomad away. And he from wants him. it probably. Yeah. So I can play this chief this round. I'll get first place next round. I'm first player next round. And then on top of that, I can get this nomad, but Oh my gosh, there's the worker. And if I play the worker, I get an extra worker for the whole round. Yep. But Oh no, I can play the trader and get the resource that I want, or I can play the beggar and steal a resource from Jonathan. That was one thing though. I thought the beggar would be so much better at higher player counts. Cause you, yes. Yeah, Cause you get one from either from, side, from either side yeah. instead of just one, but also the beggar allows you to pay one less resource. So if you just don't have the shell that you need, okay, well I can just play the beggar this round. So, you can do what you want. It's just who's doing it the most efficiently. Yes. And playing those cards was really fun, I thought. And and frankly, like, halfway through this game, I thought, man, this is ripe for an expansion with new cards. Mm-hmm. Because there's only I five. the same thing. Like, yeah. everybody starts with the same five cards. Now, yeah. the passing is what makes it interesting, but you could easily add more of those in. I mean, it would not be a hard thing to do. Not at all. And I'll say really quickly that you say the passing was interesting. I used a fisherman or the fisher woman, yeah, the yeah, fisher yeah. like whatever. And she, um, the second, second round. And yeah. then Jonathan never gave her back to me. I think the last I round. Used it I used in the very last round. Yeah. yeah and, and that I, one lets you move for free. Yeah. So, and that, that was, but I thought that was kind of cool tactically in a two player mm-hmm. game. You could, I mean, it could be irritating for some players, right? You could just hold them all. Yep. But then you don't get to use them. So no one's getting the benefit of them. Yep. But I was, I was finding it easy to get fish and the fisher also gives you fish. Like, that's what you get from it. And so I was just like, well, why would I give this back to him? Yeah. I mean, I, I have no reason. And, and I had the I had a uh, a card where if I had two fish, I could trade them in for 12 points or six mm-hmm. points per fish, and I could do up to two fish. So every round I was getting two fish, and he's probably thinking, why would I make it even easier? Yep. Yeah, to keep getting those points. But then at the end of the game, whenever we're scoring in the 140, 130, 180-something – like, it's like, yeah. But I mean, like, I'm like, oh, wow. Well, maybe those 12 points weren't quite as good. But I mean, I don't know. That's one die for 12 points. I mean, you could. Then you, you got to get the resources. The I, I think it's worth it. I think that's six points per resource. Yeah, that would definitely be worth I it. I think so. And I, and I do. And that's one thing I like about it, too, is that I feel like there's a lot of paths to victory. Like, in the sense of, like, because of, like, I mean, you can go heavy in this direction, this direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there are, how many scoring tile different types? Are there five, Five maybe? or six. Yeah, and then you can then you can also get the scoring, like I was just saying, where you're trading in fish. Right. And, and you could theoretically cool. go heavy on the trading. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see that being a path where if you got three of those. And you just kept trading. And you just trading. kept, you know, hitting it over because the game doesn't end until a certain number of nomads are taken. Yeah. So while the other person's got a finite number of points they can score based on their in-game scoring tiles they get, you could be hammering every round, just keep hammering the points. And doing that a lot. And And then they may never be able to catch up because you're elongating the game to score more points. But the challenge with that is going to be my, one of my other favorite aspects of it is Jonathan mentioned before you have four nomads on your player board. Now, when you get a fifth one, you have to get rid of one of them, but you get to keep the in-game scoring. But wow, only having four of those slots mm-hmm. is really interesting. Because like at the in this game, I had two that were giving me production. Like I got a coconut and I got a fish, but that's taking up two of my four slots. So mm-hmm. if you had like three of those in there, you wouldn't have the production. You wouldn't probably have the yeah. production. So uh, yeah, so I th- but that's cool. I like that about it. Like I like how you you have grueling decisions. Like I don't want to get rid of this person. You're talking my score upwards. <laughs> Yeah, I know. No, no, no. I'm thinking, I know. Like, it's easy to get hype on. It's easy to talk about a game and get and excited. And get more excited about it. And then it. go, yeah, I got a little more excited about it than I should. But <laughs> yeah, let's let's do some final, f- any, what, let's, any negatives? Anything that, yeah, let's talk about that real quick. What are some of the negatives um, to so it? So my biggest two negatives, I think, are its looseness 
I prefer a tighter game. Which would be tighter probably at a higher player count. Yes. And so I would like to play this at four. I, I feel like that might be the optimal play. What's the map that we played on? Uh, it's, three? Yeah, it's a two and three We both map. only played this at two. So it would have been tighter even at three, Even though. at three, it would be tighter. For, for sure. sure. I would have um, liked it better at three. Yeah. And at four, yeah, the, the map is a little bigger on the other side. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. I did, I did not love the looseness at two. And then the second thing is my fear is that it would get a little samey. Yeah. I, yeah. Um. Having said that, it's a fairly it's a light to midweight euro. Yeah. It's not a heavy euro. So this is the kind of I game. What the weight is on BG about three? I'm like going to guess. I would say like a two point four. Two point. I'll pull it up while you're talking. Um, however, we didn't play with all of the stuff because I I got the Kickstarter version, so it's got extra tile. Two point nine three. Oh, wow, I can't believe I'm a better guesser that. than you. That's one thing I could beat you <laughs> so far. <laughs> Guessing. I will let you have we need to play. We need to play <laughs> games where you just have to guess things. I would not play those. Um, you play paper, rock, scissors after we're done. I'll yeah. guess what you're going to do. Isn't it rock, paper, scissors? Paper, rock, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors? You say pa- rock, paper, scissors. All right, that needs to be paper, a rock, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors. What's the order? Okay, I can do that. <laughs> paper, rock, scissors or rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. How do you say it? Um, I just lost my train of thought completely. <laughs> John has this effect on and me. And I just took a drink of coffee <laughs> right then. Um, okay, so the there's also components in there that change up the spots every time. So where you have the... Because um, the nomads are going to come out in a different area every time. Yeah. Because those are like pieces you pick up off the board. The trade and the um, harvest actions are printed on the board. However, there's like 30 or 40 of those tiles in the box. Yeah. Like a ton. And there's only yeah. like five or six islands. Yeah. So theoretically, a lot the of... combos would be different every game, and so that might help. The thing is, though, those are the two least interesting parts of the game to me. Got you, yeah. And so mixing those up, I don't know if that would be enough to make me want to come back over and over. Having said that, it's it's a game I would always be willing to play. Yeah, it is, it's a good game. I, I, I'll i agree with you in the sense of while we were playing, I kind of towards the end I was like, I'm ready for this to be over. Yes. You know, And I think you kind of got those. And that, that's whenever I was like, I we both agreed we think at a higher player count it's gonna definitely be a better game. It needs that interaction, yeah. I will say the positive is like after you get your four nomads, then you still have you have new decisions. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. That, that decisions true. of That's true. should I flip this and swap this for that one? Oh, I really want to keep this one. So that was cool. But then again, I was kinda of like like this is a it says forty five to ninety minutes. We played it in about an hour. I think if it was a hard forty five I would have liked this game better. Yes. If it ended like just two rounds before we did right. and just a little tighter on that, I would have been like, wow, this is really good. But see, and this is the thing. We could play it in 45 minutes if we played it again. Sure. That's true. Uh, like yeah. a lot of that was just first play. Cause I, those first two rounds or so we were like, Oh man, how do I plan this round out? Yeah. Like, how do I, cause I need that and I need this and I need to go here and I need to do that. And then, about halfway through, we were rocking. It I thought more than you in this game, surprisingly. I mean, yeah. you, you think pretty fast, but there's several times where I was like, oh, but it, but that was it wasn't that it was complicated. It was more like I really want to do that, but I really want to do that. Yeah. But you, we did both screw up like, like the order a couple times. Yes, and and we lost some workers. And we didn't mention too. You can also send out a a worker settler I think settler. Yeah, that goes out on the board, and he or she. In a two-player game, you can put two out, and they stay on islands. You can move them around, but they can do like an extra action kind of for you. You can't do all the actions. You can't do all. On the you island. can only get trade or get nomads. Yeah, so that was kind of interesting. But I think there's, I think throughout the game, I played those not very optimally. No, that was why you lost. Yeah, 
I, I did. I, mean, I didn't just play straight them up, a lot. We probably played like 10 rounds maybe and or I, something like that. And, and I, I, I didn't play it much. I bet out of the 20 or so actions, you might have done eight or 10 of them. What I didn't want to do was spend a, spend one of my dice to move them, and I should have just been willing to do that more often. Because, yeah. I mean, it's a wash if you use the if you use it. Right. If I don't move don't move that person over there in the next round, then I... Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't that. think about that until this moment. So yeah. maybe I, think I, I should have moved, moved around. once or twice. I, I did move mine one time, okay. but... I'm at, I I don't I didn't love where I put them originally, <laughs> and that was that was yeah, a challenge. Yeah. And like I, I remember thinking, oh, I'm gonna do it just to get this person out so I can keep getting an extra action. And then right. I went, but that wasn't the spot. It didn't work with the cards that I was starting to get mm-hmm. my nomads, and it didn't. Yeah, it, it would have been much better at the end. I, I put one not toward thirty percent of the way, forty percent. I did use one a decent amount because I was had an engine where I was getting the coconuts and then I could trade the coconuts for the fish and then the fish I traded in right, to right, get right. points. That was good, but the other one just sat there. Yeah. And I used like twice out of 10 rounds and like, mm-hmm. wow, that was inefficient. I should have moved that person out of the way. Yeah, and almost at the end of every round and I would love to say that I did this on purpose, but I think it just worked <laughs> out this way and then I left my guys there cuz I was like, well, it's working for me. Yeah. My the things that I got from production were the things that I could use the trade action and the first island that I would use the settler on traded for the thing that I could trade for on the second island. And so I was chaining those all the way down every round. Yeah. Um, and basically turn like two resources into four. I mean, I, that's really what I was doing, but that allowed me to get to more nomads. And the reason I won was because I had more, nomads, had more nomads and, and I didn't stop yeah. son of a gun. All right. Final thoughts. So this is where, you know, you get to put your money where your mouth is. Put put it out show put it out on the table, man. I guess this what is are you the gonna... first time I've given a Meeple Town. Yeah. Does this, this mean is on your f- website I get my own column now? I need to, don't I? Yeah, yeah Dean sh- yeah, he will probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. So yeah, so you have to give us a highlight what you liked, didn't like real quick, and then give your final rating. So caveat. <laughs> <laughs> um I think I have a habit of rating things too high. Um, I don't think that's actually bad or that it's too high. I think it's just that I like games a lot. You get excited, and so about them. I go by BGG's. Rating. We do too. So, like, so explain what what is what the. So seven is a good game. Eight is a game I'm usually willing to play. Yeah. So if if I give something a seven, that means if you came over to my house and said, "Let's play Tungaru," I would say, "Sure, why not." That doesn't mean there's not games I would rather play, but I just it's sure. So eight for me is it's a great game and I would recommend. recommend it. Yeah, that's the that's the key. So this is where I struggle with this game mm-hmm. is would I recommend it because it is a good game. It, it is, is a, a solid midweight, low to midweight. I would I I think it's less than two point nine, but you know whatever. <laughs> I, I would say I would say Istanbul is more complicated than this with both expansions. Maybe, but that's like a two point five. Anyway, I digress. Um, would I recommend it though? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, I think I would recommend it in certain, in certain, in certain situations. situations for certain people. So I'm struggling. I, th- I think it's a 7.5 for me. Okay. Um, gosh, we are, I need to play four players to really make like a final and it might go up or down. I don't know. With yeah. Four people, based on, but, playing, yeah. but I think four is where the, the ideal player count would be. Um, so that's actually part of why I'm giving it a 7.5, I think instead of a seven is that I think it would be better at four. Yeah. So we're, you know, some people say that he and I have really similar taste. We do. Maybe that's good that me and Dean or you and Dean were to do something because I actually, Dean has this game and I think he would like it even more than both of us. Like I I know what Dean, but I'm having the same exact conversation in my head that you had 
Um, I'm absolutely usually willing to play this game. It's a very solid, very good game. I would recommend it, but it's going to be situational. Yes, very situational. Um, and I, and so I'm struggling. I'm wanting to give it an 8 out of 10. I would give it a 7.75 if I could. Gotcha. But we make ourselves, you know, and Dean laughs at me. He says, why? And you do the same thing. Like, he's like, why are you grueling over half a point? Because it matters. Yeah. Because in my head, it ranks my games. Oh, I know. I know. What you're, what you're doing is you're probably thinking of other games. And you're like, well, I like it more than this, but less yes. than this. And this one's a 7.5 and this one's an 8. So how do I How do, I do, how do I rectify this in my head? You know? I do. So I'm, I'm going with Jonathan. I'm going to give it a extremely strong 7.5 out of 10. I re- this is one, though. Here's the thing. I've... I keep a 150-game-ish collection. That's what I do. I'm always selling games or whatever. I rarely keep a game in my collection that would be this weight. And I don't own this. But I'm actually considering picking it up because I think my wife would like it. And I think I could play it a lot with with people that just don't want to get into those heavier style games. Right. And so that's why if I had it, I would not... It wouldn't be... Like, there's games that are just immediately... Out it's, it's out. Like, I like it. Like, yeah, it's good, but I sell it immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is one that if I had, I wouldn't sell me. There's no way I sell immediately. And if I can pick it up, it's actually a, we can kind of go into that. Um, we usually like to talk about, would you, is it worth it? So let me do that right yeah, now. Yeah. What is the retail copy of this? Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Cause um, I don't really know the the difference in the retail doesn't seem that extreme to me. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I was asking. Like, I, don't I think know there's the, plastic boats in the Kickstarter and I think that the monuments are like, little tiki looking things and, and the workers are, you know, shaped workers, man, card house. I'm just game nerds. $31, $32. It's for worth this game. it for 30 bucks. Absolutely yeah. worth it. Like that's, mm, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, that, that's really, it's, I'm, I'm telling you, it's a seven and a half that I'm tempted to buy because I'm thinking of my family, my wife's yeah. family that we get together and I do, I get, they'll play, um, great Western trail. I remember, but they kind of were like, oh, like it's just it was just too yeah, much for yeah, them, and even though yeah. that game's not super heavy, it was just like it was just like, John, I just want to play something where I don't have to think so hard. And people, right. that's just certain certain people's styles. And I honestly have to say, lately I've actually been wanting to play more of those games because sometimes I do get tired of thinking so much. You know, it's weird. I've had a similar thought. Like, I love like for instance on Mars. Mm-hmm. Like we make that video. Spoiler alert. Yeah. That's that's pretty far up there for me. Yeah. Okay. But there are times when I'm like, let's just play Fleet the Dice game. Yes. Like my Dude. brain is just like I've I just put the the toddler down, <laughs> you know. I don't want to. And do I'm all that. I'm just zonked, and I'm like my brain is not here today. And I, if you'd asked me that three years ago, I would have laughed at you. Yep. Like I would have just. So it's weird. It's weird that life circumstances can affect your collection like that. Because oh, yeah. before I'd have been like. I just want heavy euros. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I play Twilight Imperium, so not just heavy euros. Yeah, but, yeah. But now I find myself getting almost more excited sometimes about the Boom. light to me. I do. I'm excited about this game. Yeah, like I'm not like over. I'm not jumping. Like, let me calm down a little bit. I'm not <laughs> jumping out of my seat. It's thirty one dollars, and I'm still going. Eh, I probably won't buy it because Dean has it. Right. Um. So it's not. I don't like it that much, but I am. I mean, I'm considering it. Yeah. Well, it, it's kind of the thing that I got with It's a Wonderful World. Do I think It's a Wonderful World is the greatest game of all time? No. But it's, you can but play it with a lot of It's so people. good to play with just by anybody, and it's 30 minutes long. And it doesn't... Yeah. Like, there's enough thinking that it's a game, but there's not so much thinking that I'm exhausted afterwards. It's the feels so, that... it's the feel, So, like, we were going to do... We were going to review Renature. Right. Um, and we might review it in a cup. I don't want to spoil it too much, but I really... 
really like that game. And it's because it gives me those, like in Azul, it's what Azul wasn't for me. Like Azul is, mm. is, is a lot of people like it, but I didn't, it wasn't, didn't scratch my brain itch as much as I, I wanted it to. But this one does because it's a lot of tactical back and forth and mm. stuff. But anyways, but maybe you wouldn't you wouldn't like that. But I, I I did, and it was one of those ones I was like, yes, this year I'm looking for those once or, once or twice a year. Yeah, I'm really wanting to that find something. That new game that you can just wear out three and play or 20 less. Times and, I can play it a lot. Yeah. I can play it in 30 minutes. I can play it in 45 minutes. We can enjoy it. And this is borderline. It's borderline. Yeah. If I knew I could play this in 45 minutes. And all the time, I would, I would pick it up it. probably. Well, and and like you said, when your wife gets excited about games, you like them more. So maybe yeah. if she liked it, you would, you know. This is know. one that I'm going to borrow. Is what I was, this, I'm making making the call on air. I'm going <laughs> to borrow this from Dean, and then I'm going to take it home and I'm going to play the game with her. And if she likes it, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. Basically. There you go. All right. Yeah. So that is it. That's a seven wow. and a half for Jonathan. That's a seven and a half for me. <laughs> All right, Meeple Town, we have Grant Lyon here, who is a lot of things. Grant is a lot of things. Right? <laughs> Grant is a... Yeah, is you can't pin me down. <laughs> board game designer is a comedian, is a, a actor. Would you consider yourself an actor, Grant? Yeah, I'm definitely like a comedian first, but as a comedian, you get acting jobs and stuff like that. So, yes, I okay. just I just like to... Uh, make sure that people know I'm a comedian first because actors um, think they're the most important people in the world and comedians make fun of that. So oh, there you go. <laughs> I would say, I would say, okay, comedians think that they're smarter than everyone, right? Isn't that's that that's probably isn't true. Okay. Yeah. Which, and, you know, on this yeah, podcast, that's probably accurate. It's probably accurate. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm a lot smarter than Dean. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey Grant, I just thought about this. Were you like the funny kid growing up or no? Or did you like grow into comedy? I definitely was the funny kid growing up, but I was funny with other people's things, if that makes sense. I wasn't writing jokes. I was quick with like a Simpsons quote or a Monty Python quote or that sort of stuff. So I was always like throwing things in there and getting laughs. But I don't know that I ever was like, oh, I'm really funny because I was just doing other people's jokes, you know? (laughs) It's it's like what pressure is it? I mean, you've done stand up. Like, I mean, seriously, dude. Like, you're the funny guy. Like, everyone's <laughs> expecting you to be funny. That's that's pressure, right? Or no? There is sometimes. Sometimes I do feel pressure, but I got to tell you, the more and more I've like become a professional, the less and less I feel the need to like bow to that pressure. <laughs> where I'm like, no, I get paid for this, and I have like an audience waiting for me. So I don't have to like tell you a joke at Thanksgiving. Like oh, that no. was going to be what I was going to say. That feels like that would be the most stressful pressure in all of this is family gatherings where they're like, "Hey, tell us a joke, funny guy." Is that has that ever been a thing? Oh, it happens all the time. It oh, okay. happens all. The, I'll have people be like, "You want to do some jokes at the wedding?" And I'm like, "No, no, <laughs> absolutely no." That, like nobody's gonna like that nobody's here for jokes why would you even want that i'm not gonna ruin thing? your wedding oh yes i've had people ask me my buddy 
uh, they did like a, a party the night before the wedding and they were like, you should do some jokes at the party. And I was like, no, people are here <laughs> for a wedding, not for like some dumb guy to stand up for 10 minutes and tell some jokes. Nobody wanted to. Hear. I don't, I'm not a fan of ambush comedy, you know, <laughs> Remember yeah. that episode on yeah. the office where Will Ferrell's the boss and Andy's the funny guy. And he's like pouring coffee all over himself and stuff like that. Yeah, That's yeah, why yeah. being a comedian, like sometimes, like man, you gotta like you gotta be on your game. But I guess if you're a pro, you're a pro. And look, I still like making people laugh, so I will try to be. I be. I try to be funny, like in family <laughs> gatherings and stuff like that. Just don't put me on the spot. I ain't doing that. Do you, you keep know, some jokes in your pocket just in case? I mean, like just in case I'm, like, you know, out at a coffee shop, somebody recognizes me and asks me to tell a joke. Do you have something just ready to go? No, I don't. Have this. <laughs> That's never happened. Do you think I'm more famous than I am? <laughs> he listens to me all the time. Yeah. But Dean and I are like go to piratejokes.com and and you know Chuck Norris jokes and stuff. So we we gotta have something yeah. in our pocket, right? Yeah, Actually, totally. We, yeah, we don't. <laughs> I, I I will say, you know, one of the times I feel the most pressure, and and sometimes I just choose not to do anything is Halloween. People really? are like, oh, he's going to have a really funny Halloween costume. And I'm like, <laughs> That's I'm funny. Like, oh, I, I got to come up with something like epic here. I just wanted to like, I just wanted to wear something dumb and drink with my friends. And now I got to try to, you know, so sometimes I'm like, I'm not coming out for Halloween. <laughs> I, I watched, um, I don't know if you watched the uh, comedians in cars getting coffee. Yeah, I watched uh, Which is. Amazing. I really, I just like Jerry Seinfeld anyway, just his, um, I don't know, his approach to comedy, I guess, but, um, Dean's about I, to get philosophical with yeah. a little bit. He no, he said, he said one thing that he really likes and, and he said a lot of comedians are this way is that they'll, they'll find like the funniest people in the room or other comedians when they're at gatherings and seek each other out to go spend time with them. Maybe it's to avoid some of that. I don't know, but is that, do you find that to be oh, true? Oh yeah, I think that's true because, you know, a lot of comedians, we're like joking around all the time, maybe even when it's not appropriate. And so you want <laughs> right. to you want to be with people that are like minded and understand your need to make jokes. That's right. You know? That's right. My it's going to be difficult to be a comedian. My wife doesn't get those. No. <laughs> yeah. She uh, hates me. So does Dean. Dean hates my jokes, too. <laughs> yeah. Bad. Somebody does. I'm sure. I'm sure somebody laughs at you. I jokes. like my own jokes. I laugh at <laughs> my head. Hey, that's important, honestly. I mean, like as as you get more and more professional as a comedian you stop thinking about what will people find funny and just write what you think is funny funny <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's the story of my life so yeah maybe i should be. <laughs> i think a lot of things are funny that are going on in my head right now so Oof. that never translates to you know out in the public and standing on stage and doing that or anything but i don't care it's funny in my yeah. mind as long as you make, as long as you entertain yourself, you that's know, exactly. that's the most important part. <laughs> Unless I'm trying to make money at it and then probably not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you're also a board game designer now, Grant. I, I am. And yeah. we are a board game podcast for the most part. Sweet. So yeah. Why don't you tell us some about that? Yeah. So, you know, uh, I've loved board games for many years, uh, but it wasn't until like four years ago uh, I have a buddy who has multiple published games and mm. and all of his games were kind of like light uh, strategy family games, you know, uh, and he was like, oh, I want to do a more adult party funny game and you're very funny. Would you <laughs> like to work no on pressure. a game with me? 
And I was like, oh, sure. I've never really thought about that. Uh, but, you know, it's I've always liked games, so why not? Uh, so we started working on it, uh, you know, and the design of a game takes a few years with all the different play testing. Yeah. And then you then I started going to conventions to pitch it to publishers and that sort of stuff. And uh, and it officially came out in November 2020. So very recently uh, it is it is now out. It's called Curmudgeon. And it is a game of silly insults, dummy. Uh, the, the best way I can describe it is it's sort of like Mad Libs for roast jokes. True. So, yeah, everybody has like uh, life cards in front of them. So those that's like what's open to being insulted. And then you have key words in your hand and it's up to you to kind of throw the key words together to make up an insult on something. Uh, and so it's days like silly and funny and every once in a while can get brutal, but it's mostly like <laughs> silly and funny. You know, I was going to say, have you had anyone leave the table crying? No, <laughs> no. But it is fun to hear, uh, you know, because, you know, we're insulting. I'm insulting your hamster and I'm insulting right. your, you know, we try to try to stay like. You know, I think of the game, we, we intentionally, like, didn't make it, like, not safe for work, like, yeah. after dark, right? It's it's not super sexual. But the greatest thing about it is that you're filling in, you're doing some of the, the lifting, right? Because you're just putting words together. Sure. You can fill in a ton of words around those keywords. So it ends up being as raunchy or as biting as the people playing. You know, I, I've yeah. actually been surprised. Like, I never play tested it with any kids, and I do not think of it as a kids game. And I've had a few people be like, "Oh, I played it with my ten year old. I took twenty cards out of the deck just that were yeah, like a little bit on the edge. Played it yeah. with my ten year old. They loved it." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I've never. I didn't think about it as like a game that kids would like." But kids are like, "What? You're giving me an excuse to yeah. insult my parents? <laughs> I am in." <laughs> <laughs> and the thing I love about it, Grant, is it, John and I got a copy of this to, to play from 25th Century Games. Awesome. And the thing I like about it is that like with a game like this, you can go into it feeling like, oh, I'm not funny enough or I'm, you know, I, I, I can't do this. I'm just not good enough of thinking things on the spot. But the game really, one, encourages you to just kind of say whatever comes to your mind first, which I think is really cool. But also the points that you gain aren't based on how good your insults are. Totally. Um, you just have to have an insult, right? It just it yeah. has to come out. And I, I think that's really good because it encourages, you know, kids to be able to come in and play that or, or people who don't feel like they're funny or sassy enough or whatever it is to be able to play this game. But you can still just come in with some really, you know, funny things just by saying whatever comes to your mind first. I think that's really cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that when I knew that we had something like a decent game on our hands was when a play tester, we were play testing at a, at a game store in Los Angeles with people we didn't know. Uh, and someone said, I don't think I'm funny. This game makes me feel funny. And I was like, Oh, oh man, yeah. that's like a pretty awesome thing to say. Uh, and, and that is, I think honestly, the like hardest part about the game is getting someone to want to play it yeah. because People do have that like, oh, I'm not going to be good at this. And I have, I I mean, I've played it with hundreds of people and I've seen maybe one person who like legitimately just couldn't do it, right? <laughs> Everybody can do it. They don't think they can do it. And then they do it and they're like, oh, 
I'm better. At, like I got laughs. I, I'm better at this than I thought I was going to be, uh, which, you know, I, I, that makes me very happy because I want people to feel funny all the time. <laughs> Sometimes the most off the wall things are the funniest things anyway. You know, well, just the... <laughs> And that's one of the things we found like in our playtesting was the people that sat and tried to think of an epic insult often did worse at the game than mm. the people that just like threw something dumb and silly together and threw it out there. Right. I mean, the, right. the, the things that barely make sense are sometimes the funniest things that you yeah. can say in this game. It's true. You know? Cause it's yeah. just so weird. And you're like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like you said, you're insulting hamsters or, you know, yeah whatever fingernails or whatever you know it doesn't <laughs> so it's already weird and kind of off the wall anyway i remember one of the most like memorable insults i've ever seen in the game was uh they were insulting the the uh the life card was bird so you were insulting bird and i think their um, insult word was face and in all seriousness they said your bird's face looks like a bird. <laughs> Everyone, and it was, you know, it was just so dumb that it was like funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, thanks for playing it, though, guys. I appreciate yeah. you checking it out. Yeah, afford, it's, it's people, a very approachable like, game. Even like Dean, the chance to be a funny guy every once in a while, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, you know, I can play through the entire deck, and I'm gonna get one laugh in there at least. So yeah, so for sure. <laughs> Grant, does this make you want to design more games? Yes, I already have two in the in the like playtesting stage right now. Really? So, Are they similar, more. like like party light games? Yes, or? yes, because you know, look, I like, um, you know, I, I'm not like a through the ages like really really heavy um, yeah. uh, player, but I am like a you know Everdell Champions of Midgard like that sort of level I yeah. like those you know and and there's a lot of complexity to those games uh that's not where my skill set lies right yeah. I mean my skill set lies in how do I create funny memorable moments for people you know I, I understand like how to create comedy and, and how to create um camaraderie you know yeah. and and so that's where I feel like for me that's where I'm better served designing games that sort of work in that space because I, I can take advantage of those talents. You know, I, some of those people that design those heavier games where you're like, there's so many flow charts and math and yeah. all this stuff involved on the back end that uh, someone who's playing it won't ever see where I'm like, I don't know how to do any of that stuff, <laughs> you know? I think it's cool, though, that you like, I know my lane. I know this is what I'm good at, and I'm going to just kind of roll through that. Some of us, sometimes you try to get outside that and it doesn't go super well uh yeah yeah and you know i think that's one of the things about being a stand-up is developing your voice and and really sort of understanding through trial and error what you do well and what yeah. you don't do well and then writing for the things that you do well uh and i think i can just translate that to game design and other parts of you know my life yeah, I said, shoot! I had an epic question and it just totally left. So no. uh, maybe, it'll, maybe it'll come back. And then it, maybe it's not as good whenever I actually ask it. <laughs> what? Pressure. Grant, you had mentioned you you said that you were a gamer anyway, um, or you said that you you liked games whenever somebody approached you about uh, creating the game. So you were already into gaming before creating this. This was already kind of a hobby that you were dealing with. I mean, obviously now you're 
you, you do reviews, you do, you know, you're, you're in the, the YouTube scene with board games and everything else, but beforehand, what did that look like? Yes. I, you know, I certainly was into games. Um, I was still mostly just a sort of casual gamer, if you will. You know, I was into, uh, code names and cash and guns and telestrations and, you know, things that weren't the classic games like the Monopoly or Risk, but also still, I feel like, you know, now that I know more about the, the world of board games, I'm like, oh, so I had like a big dough tip dipped <laughs> in and that's it, you yeah. know, but, but I, I certainly liked games and, you know, I mean, we were at the point where, you know, when I got approached to uh, work on this game, we had like, 50 board games in our house right which is pretty good which for yeah for a uh non-gamer is pretty good and then once you get into gamer stuff and you're like oh (laughs) this this guy has a uh a bunker built under his house with thousands of games (laughs) you know so yeah i had to help dean move whenever he moved to his new home it was like tote after tote after tote my wife has given me grant a strict 150 game limit i have two shelves and i can fit about 150 games on it and that that's it how, how often are you like cycling through stuff all the time that? yeah all yeah. the time yeah because we get review copies and stuff and like honestly it's like man i'll probably never play it sell it yeah totally yeah, that that's just kind of now dean's the other way dean's like kind of a would you consider yourself a hoarder of games or not <laughs> i am definitely a collector of games more than you are. <laughs> i have a larger collection than you do wait <laughs> I think the level of collector versus hoarder is how many games are still in shrink wrap. Because if you got a bunch in shrink wrap, you're a hoarder, dude. <laughs> you do have what do you got? So last I checked, now the quarantine has been bad for me over the last like I'd say two months have been really bad. But I was at about like twenty to twenty five um, on my shelf of shame. That number has grown a little bit over the last like month. I, that's not too bad not to too me bad. if you're like yeah that that's a that's a respectable number i just there are some people that have like a hundred games yes still in oh, yeah. and then it's like look you're not like there's a rule you're not allowed to back a kickstarter if you've got that right. i'm sorry you're cut off <laughs> dean's the guy like i have to constantly be like dude stop asking for games like because you know get review copies like, bah, 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 bah. he's like i got this game coming and this game coming we finally made a rule where hey if you ask for it you, you may have to do the video yourself, buddy. <laughs> yeah. There's no, yeah, I'm getting stressed out by all these games that you have. Oh, oh yeah, wow. there you go. Yeah, this that's is a lot of stuff. This is my stack in my bedroom that is not on shelves yet. There you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Hey, why do you game? Like, what, what, what's, what got you into? Like, what, what was? Is it the camaraderie, the fun with friends? Do you like the strategy? Like, what's, what's your like jam? Like, this is why I think I game. Uh, it's definitely the camaraderie of it. You know, I mean, for me, you get to a certain age where you're like, man, I don't want to just like drink in a bar all the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. To me, almost like playing games with friends is like structured drinking, (laughs) (laughs) where it's, it gives me an opportunity to like have a way to connect with, uh, people. And, you know, I mean, that's why, I, there are a lot of gamers who don't like party games and I will never ever, no matter how serious of a gamer I become, I will never not play party games yep. because yeah. 
they are just like a great time to connect with friends. I mean, that's the whole point of party games is just creating memorable moments with friends. Yeah, I completely uh, agree. Yeah. yeah i mean i like strategy games dean does too but i mean we have i don't know we we have a lot of games like that that we play yeah and and i like strategy games too and i and i think that's a fun other way to connect with people and i like yeah. the aspect of using my brain i mean one of the nice things i've been playing like a ton of games in the pandemic more so than ever before and i'm watching less tv and things yep. like that and yeah that's probably better for my brain, you know, yeah. to sit down and play a game rather than just watch some mindless dumb stuff. That was one of the things that got like me hooked. Cause my wife and I, you know, instead of just watching TV at night or whatever, we're just like, come on, let's play a game. She probably gets irritated about how much I want to play games now, but yeah, I'm, with <laughs> yeah. You. I'm, I'm totally with you. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, a lot of the games I play are with, uh, I live in a house with multiple other comedians and yeah. one of my other, um, one of my roommates is very much into games. And, uh, so we've been, he's been, been my like main go-to playing games and I'm, I'm trying to like not burn him out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I have to do that all the time. I'm yeah, constantly yeah. Like trying to figure out, okay, is this too much? We need to just wait a little bit, a few more days before I put this game, but play this. Yeah, game he, he, we, we, we started a game last night at 1130 playing it for the first time that I thought was going to be like, uh, you know, like 45 minutes to an hour. And partly because it was our first time playing, it took like two hours yeah. to play, oh, yeah. which was like later than I wanted to be up and stuff like that. And uh, he, uh, afterwards, he was like, let's find one of the easier games next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Grant, if, you, if you're like right now, you're going to play a game with him, you don't have anything to review, you just want to sit down and play something, what, what are you two going to play? Currently, it's yeah, uh, it's it's a wonderful world. That's a good, ah, uh, yeah, we yeah. we really love that game right now, and that's one that we've been playing. I mean, that's one of the hard things about reviewing is that you kind of feel like you have to move on, you oh, know, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and that's one that like we've been pulling out a bunch all the time. You know, I, we only I only got it maybe six weeks ago so it's still very so fresh good, but man. like yeah when we I, i've already made a video for it and we're all, and we're still like pulling it out and playing it all the time because it's it's thinky but it's also fast i love the yeah. simultaneous turns of it you know we we like splendor was one of the games that got us into games right yeah. that was in that yeah. like in that first 30 games that we had splendor was one of them and then yeah. you know and then we got century and we really love century and we were playing that a lot and i feel like you know this is just sort of that progression as you get deeper and deeper into knowing games where like it's a wonderful world is is the upgraded version of splendor then century then it's yeah. a wonderful world you know yeah, yeah. so totally agree yeah, yeah that's a really fun game all right well <laughs> Grant, I'd love I'd love for you to tell people how they can get in touch with you. There's a lot of different ways. I know you got YouTube, you've uh, yeah. your social media, all those things. What are what are if somebody wants to connect with you, how can they do that? Well, definitely check out my uh, YouTube videos. I, I put out multiple a week, and they are it's called Grant's Game Rex. Uh, if you throw just Grant Lyon in the old YouTube machine, I'll come up. <laughs> but I I make short and funny videos about board games so you know the way i try to pitch it to people is like you're gonna get some laughs about games you already know and you're gonna find out about some games you don't already know about you know yeah. that's, that's a good tagline grant that's a smart tagline i like it <laughs> thank you <laughs> i appreciate it uh and then it, 
yeah and then on social media like uh, instagram twitter that sort of stuff i'm grant lion one the number one because some other jerk took my name first i thought you were uh, like i'm the number one yeah I, that's why i picked that because i am <laughs> i mean the guy that has grant lion, grant lion yeah the guy that has grant lion on twitter has 12 twitter followers <laughs> oh, and his yeah. his about me just says not the comedian so uh. You know. His name's probably not even Grant Lyon. Yeah. He just wants to... <laughs> uh, so you're not bitter though. I mean, no, not, not at all. Not one bit. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Hey Grant, thank you so much for coming out and joining us. Um, yeah, this definitely was a lot of fun. check out curmudgeon that, that Grant mentioned. Um, also check out his YouTube channel that he mentioned. You put out some really quality stuff, Grant. So thanks, definitely want people to go check that out. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me, fellas. This was fun. Super good. And this is where Dean would say, John, tell them how they can keep in touch with us. I'm just going to ask myself that. This is Johnny <laughs> Monologue Time. John, tell them how they can keep in touch with us. Well, if you're enjoying our podcast, you can rate our podcast. You can go to MeepleTownGames.com to check out all of our stuff. We're at MeepleTown Games on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we're Board Game Geek Guild 3407. Thanks for coming down to MeepleTown. <laughs>All right, Jonathan, so how old is your daughter again? She is two and a half. So did your game life dramatically change at that point or no? Or has it not? I know I know it's hard probably with COVID to like because that's been a huge shift. The irony is this last year, yes, but COVID is what did that. It was not her. Yeah. The year before that was the most games I've ever played. Wow. I don't know why. <laughs> how often I, do you, how often does your wife play games with you? That's what I'm trying to we go through seasons. Okay. Her, her work is so hard that there's seasons of her work where it's just like, I don't even try because I know she's just, that's what, that's my problem. She's brain dead at the end of the day. My wife, and, when she, when she does it and she, she's really tired. I'm like, Hey, you want to play this game with me? I know. And, and you then, feel so bad. I do. And then, you know, if I win, then she's like, even like, Oh, I, know, I just wasted I an hour playing the games. And then you beat me in that game. But if she wins, then usually she's feeling pretty good. I, I, we had this conversation last night. I won a game and she was not very happy because of that. And she knew she had to work this morning, yeah. you know, and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but if you won, you would be pretty happy right now. And I, I think she would have been. Uh-huh. So it was one of those things where she, she'll admit, like, she doesn't like losing. Oh, uh, I don't like Azul because of my wife. Because she beats you every oh, time? Oh, every time. Like a drum. Yeah? I. It's, it's because That's that funny. game, there's what I want to do, which is fill up the whole board. And then there's what you should do, which is put them in the top two rows every time that yeah. she does. And, and then you. she spanks me well, all the time. Go. All the time.